I'm not Pastor Jarrett, but I get the great honor of filling in for him this weekend. And, you know, anytime I get a chance to uh, speak here in the, in the main service on the weekend, it's such an honor. And so um, so thankful our pastor would give me the chance to do this because let's, let's be serious. Pastor Jarrett is the man. And so uh, I'm honored to be able to do that. How many of you guys are thankful for your pastor? Huh? Isn't he awesome? Thankful for Pastor Jarrett and Miss Devet. They're amazing. And, um, you know, today... Uh, I, I really felt like I, I, had a, I had a word just kind of God put on my heart. And um, it's something that's really changed my life and continues to change my life. And today my prayer is that it will do the same for you. But the, the nugget of truth here is found in Matthew. They're going to put it on the side screens for you this morning. Matthew 7, uh, verses 24 through 27. And I'm going to be reading out of the message translation that says it like this. Jesus speaking. These are the words I speak to you. They are not... Um, incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living, they are foundational. Someone say foundational. Foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, or tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock, verse 26. But if you just use my words in Bible studies... And don't work them into your life. You are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. It's interesting here that Jesus compares our lives to a house. You know, he could have said that your house is like a, I mean, your life is like a rock. Your life is like a tree. But he chose house. You know, everybody in this room this morning, we're all building our lives. Uh, maybe that's with giftings, could be with talents, it could be opportunity, it could be all sorts of different things. All of our houses in this room look differently. They're your house. But the truth is, no matter where you're building, you're building somewhere. And the life that I have is a life that I've built. And today I want to talk on the point of building a life to last. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house today, God. Lord, I ask that you would make me insignificant, Lord, so you could be significant, God. Teach us, train us, mold us, shape us, God. Lord, give us one, one sentence, one thought today that changes everything for us. God, don't let us leave the same way that we came into this place, God. We don't just give you our ears today, but we give you our hearts. Lord, have your way in these times we share with you today. Speak to us. We're listening. In Jesus' name, everyone agree with that prayer would say, amen. Amen. Come on, you guys survived Thanksgiving. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I survived the turkey and maybe ham and turkey. Well, we made it. You made it. You survived all the family time, all the friends. You made it to Sunday. And I was thinking about, you know, kind of my life the last couple weeks. And I remember I had, I had a dream. Has anybody in here ever had a dream before? Okay, four or five of you. Good. Everyone. Okay, good. Awesome. Nice. Um, I had a dream. And I, I was at the age of about 18 years old. And I had, a, I had a dream. At the time, I was working at a, um, like a shipping place. I don't really, here's the whole thing. As I know, boxes came in 
and boxes left. I'm not exactly sure what we were shipping. I think it was a legitimate place. Not exactly sure. I remember one day I was out at a lunch with a friend of mine, and we were sitting there, and I just stopped the conversation. I said, okay, I've got a dream, man. And this dream is going to sound crazy. I know I'm making minimum wage, but I'm going to say it, and you, you hold me to this dream. Check me. When I'm 30 years old, I will have made in the bank my first $1 million. Now I know I'm making, I'm making minimum wage, and I'm balling on a budget currently, but at 30, one, $1 million, you... One million in the bank. Now, today, I want to let you guys know something. At the age of 33, I have not quite made it to one million um, dollars. I, 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 I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but I was about 18, and I started getting these things in the mail saying, Hey, we want to give you. X amount of dollars on this little plastic card. You don't need to have cash. All you need is plastic. These things are called credit cards, in case you didn't know. And I remember I had credit cards shooting out my ears. It was awesome. I, there, was, there wasn't a thing I couldn't do. I found out that while I wanted to make my first million by 30, I lacked the financial foundation for such things to take place in my life. Foundations are very, very important, aren't they? Foundations are important things. They are the groundwork of anything and everything. The, uh, the impact that foundations have in our lives, whether it's financial, whether it's in health, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in family, or let's just talk about the foundation when it comes to buildings. They're very important. And we'll, we'll know the quality of the structure by what it's built upon. So I don't know, maybe if you're in construction, you, you kind of know this, but I've, I've found out that a lot of time and money is really spent on making sure we get the foundation right. Fun fact, houses need a different foundation than skyscrapers. Go figure. While car, uh, car garages, they need different foundations than skyscrapers. The foundation is very important. And when, when you're getting ready to lay this, this foundation you have to pay close attention to the quality of the substance going into the foundation. Because the foundation is so important because it determines the size, it determines the strength, and it ultimately determines if that structure will last. It's important. Foundations are sometimes partially underground or wholly underground, all the way. Which tells me that what you can't see will always affect what you can so much time as money is spent on coming up with these foundations, yet I found some time in our lives, we can be so careless about what kind of foundation we are building. Now, let's break it down like this. Everybody in this room, whether you're 13 or 65, you're building a foundation. Your wife's not building her foundation for you. Your husband's not building it for you. You, my friend, are building a foundation in your life. The foundations are so important. Um, Jesus says in Matthew 7 that there's two kinds of builders, two kinds of foundations being built. The first one is a wise builder, 
And the second one is foolish. And I ask myself the question, Mark, which one are you? Because scripture doesn't give us a third option. It's like, well, we have a wise builder over here and a foolish one over here, but this one in the middle is doing pretty good. Gives us two options. And it comes down to where and how I'm building my life. Where and how I'm building my foundation. Because in my life, oftentimes I've assumed that my foundation is pretty good or adequate at best. Far too late, I realize it wasn't that good to begin with. Because when the storm comes, I don't have to wonder if it's good or not. Foundations are important. You say, well, even if you're passive about life and passive about the direction of your life, you're building something and a good foundation isn't found, it's made. It's made. A good foundation is, is made. And there are two different types. We talked about this, a foundation. But the choice is mine. But the interesting thing is, is that neither life is excluded from the storm. Both the wise builder's house and the foolish builder's house are both going to have to withstand the storm. No life is excluded. Your pastor's life's not excluded from the storm. The person on the worship team, the person that greeted you, if it's your first time, nobody is excluded from the storm. And Scripture says that two, the, the one thing that makes a difference between the two builders, if you're watching online, the, the one thing was one little sentence. If, if I choose to work his words into my life, work his words into my foundation. It comes down to my choice and what I do with the words I've heard from him. The problem when it comes to foundation is this, is we have all sorts of other things trying to pour into our life. All, all different kinds of builders, all different kinds of, of sources always trying to pour in and build our lives. Luke 6 says it this way in verse 48 to 49. If you work the words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep. Someone say, I'm digging deep. And laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. This is interesting to me because we can't necessarily stop all these other things from trying to pour into us. But what God is saying is you have to dig deeper than all the other stuff. And let my word, let my word be the bottom of who you are. Let it be the bedrock. Let it be the real foundation. Dig deep. Make sure it goes low to the foundational things. Because there are builders, there are philosophies, there's doctrines trying to pour our foundation. And they want to dictate my life. But God is saying, dig deeper. We have things like, like culture. Uh, it's like we live in this time where it's like a spirit of doubt wants to be the filter by which we hear things, in which we process things. We have family and friends, and we already know what that's like. You just got done being with family. Now you're in church. It speaks for itself. Sometimes friends are great. Sometimes family are great. But sometimes they can be the most dangerous person in your life because they're really good at giving you what you used to need. See, what I needed before Christ is much different than what I need now after Christ. It's different. We have to be careful of these sources that are pouring in. You know, in case you don't know, I have 
of course, my wife Desiree and my two sons, Xavier and Zion, they're nine and eight years old. And let me just give you a quick recap of what they're like. My kids are into anything that involves physical violence. So that means like football, they want to hit something. Basketball, we're trying to get through the whole contact. You can't like clothesline people in basketball. It's not a good look for you. They're into things like um, the WWE, like John Cena and Hulk Hogan, like anything that involves some kind of superheroes. Come on, somebody. Like they're into this. But now it's karate and MMA. They want to like we, we were on vacation and Xavier's like, Dad, I can't wait to get back to karate class. Oh, why? You want to see all your friends? No, I can't wait to choke someone out. I was like, awesome. That's great. So we need to talk about this, son. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem. I, re- I remember... Um, when my kids were a little bit younger, and even now, actually, uh, they, when I come in, sometimes this is like their favorite thing to do. I walk in the room, and I'm like, hey, guys, how's it going? They'll just go, and punch me. Like, Ow, wow. And it was really cute when they were like three or four. It's like, oh, quit. And now they're eight and nine. I want to throw them through a wall. You know what I mean? And so I, I, it would be interesting when they were younger if it was like, you know what? This is just who my, this is just you being true to you, son. So you know what? When grandma comes over, if you feel like you need to just, you do you. It sounds cute, and we laugh until they see you in a grocery store and hit you with the chair. You know, it sounds great. This whole, be true, son, be true to yourself. And for us as followers of Christ, there's such a dangerous little tiny word inside that statement. Be true to your self. Self is a problem. Self is dangerous. Self will compromise your foundation. When we give our life to Christ, Scripture says the old me is supposed to go and is supposed to become new. But there's a lot of things that are wrapped up in the self. I actually found out in my life, it's probably not the, the same for you, but like in my life, I found out that I like to maybe blame the devil for a lot of stuff he had nothing to do with. It was really just me defending my desire to be Lord over my life. It's like, man, the devil's just attacking me. No, you're trying to be Lord over everything. And it's a problem. Self, self is an issue. Self is a problem. It's a problem. I think it's one of the, the first words we learn, isn't it? Is mine. My, if you had kids, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't have to teach my kids how to say, my blankie. No, I bought that blankie. (laughs) My bottle. My truck. But I think this attitude kind of sticks with us a little bit. Because it starts with my blankie, my toy, my keys, my, my. Then it turns into things like my time. That's my money. It's my opinion. So we live, we live in this age of opinion, right? And if you don't agree with me, after service today, take a five-minute stroll around Facebook and see what you think after that. We live in an age of opinion. Everyone has one, and that's okay. But watch what it says in Proverbs 4.12. There's a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Just because Mark McGaffin has a sincere opinion about a thing does not change the truth about the thing. 
So if we don't deal with how we feel and self feels about stuff, our feelings will have a huge impact on our choices. We'll begin to choose based off of our feelings, not off the word of God and what God has said, but of how I feel. And if we don't deal with self, self will sabotage our choices, but then our choices will have a direct impact on our path in life. Self is a problem. Self is, is a problem. If we don't deal with it, it will, it will compromise our foundation. And if our foundation is compromised, I'll have a hard time standing. Not if the storm hits, but when it does. Because there are only two types of builders. The only difference is, again, if you and I take his words and make them into our foundation. Here's another thing about self. It's found in Hebrews 4.12. The message translation says it this way. God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt, we talked about doubt earlier, or defense, laying us open to listen and obey nothing, and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. Now, this this has probably never been you before, and you're not this way, but let me just talk to you about me for a second. Self can be pretty defensive. Not you guys obviously. But me, I can be pretty defensive. I can sit in a service. uh, Anyone, you just pick the pastor and they're preaching. I can sit there and say things like, who does she think she is? Like she knows me. Who does pastor, pastor Jared was just all, who does he think, no one can tell me what to do. It's not my fault. This is the way that I am. Scripture tells us though, that his ways are not like my ways. Scripture also tells us that his thoughts are not like my thoughts. There's the way I think and the way he thinks. One of us is going to have to change, and I have a feeling it's not going to be him. (laughs) Gonna make a change for once in my Life. But Michael had it wrong. He said it's going to feel real good, and it does not. Change does not feel good at all. Change is hard. Change is disruptive, especially when we're, feel, when we're dealing with self. Change is very uncomfortable. But the question becomes, how much longer am I willing to live in this place and continually repeat the same cycle in my life over and over? I've talked to great people all across the country, and I've met people. They're awesome people, but they're living in the exact same place at 45 than they, that they did when they were 17. Money's changed. Family's changed. But internally, the foundational things, it's the same place change if everyone could if it was easy to change everyone would do it but change is difficult it it takes time it's a process and I can either have the results of change or the excuses of why I don't change but I cannot have both got to make a change change really starts especially when it comes to self and our foundation it comes by accepting that in all areas of life family Morality, finances, parenting, business, in life, God knows more, knows better than me. Everything. Not just the stuff that I don't know much about, but in all areas of my life, he knows, he knows more than me. He knows it all, and, and, and I don't. 
It's like saying, I accept your standard, God, and I refuse, I won't defend mine. It's coming to God with a humble spirit saying, my hands are open. I want to learn. Teach me. I want to know your ways. Your word is good for me. It's not awful. Your word brings life to me and not death. You are good. That will determine how much of God's word penetrates into your foundation. Because understand, like building my life on sand feels great. It's awesome. It is amazing. Do what I want. Everything. It's great until the storm comes. It's great until that moment, and then we realize that I can't do it on my own. So there's, two, there's these two foundations, and some of us, we see God's word as foundational, and others see it as additions or home improvements. And we come to church week in and week out, and we hear, we hear Pastor Jared speak these amazing messages and great words, but let me just try to help us all this morning, family, listen. Hearing a great message does nothing for you unless you activate it in your life. Unless those words become foundational, it's nothing. It's just a good thought. If you don't apply it to your life, it has no power in your life. We have to activate these things and move forward. It's very easy, though, to see God's word as just incidental additions, an add-on here or there, kind of like an like a HGTV 30-minute special. Because those shows are awesome. We can make a little addition here, a little, a little remodel here. You know what? That was really good this morning. I think the front of my house of my life could use a little repainting. You know what? That was, that was good too. I, you know what? The front of my life, the, the yard of my life, the yard of my house, it actually, it, I want to get it landscaped. That's really good. I'm going to add that to my life. Or you know what? Our kitchen is too small in my life. We're going to expand it. That was really good, Pastor. You know what? We, need, we could use a little remodeling in our bathroom. We could use a new floor. We could use some new window treatments in our house. But God's word, they're not, they're not additions to your life. They're foundational. But so many times we focus on all the cosmetic improvements to our life. We, we focus very little on the things that people cannot see. We focus very little on the foundational thing. What's really happening in here? Not what you see on stage this morning, but what's happening at the foundational level of who I am. Because we care so much about what people see. It's strange, though, how we, we can come into a, to a church and have amazing worship. And we come into a place here, yet we struggle so much to be ourselves. We struggle so much to really get real while we're here. I don't want to walk in and say that I, I'm a mess today. I don't want to walk in and say that I'm at the end of myself today. I don't want to come here and ask for, for prayer with the prayer. I don't want to do that because what would they think if they saw who I really What if they saw my foundation? What if they knew it was broken? What if they knew it wasn't all together? So instead of working on foundational things, we fix up the outside of our house. We fix up the things that people can see just so we don't have to get down to the truth of it all. We fix it up. We spend all this energy. All this time. But after the storm hits, we realize that we're not, the storm's not testing us on what people saw on Sunday morning. We understand for the first time that the storm's not testing how good we look and how much it seems like we have it all together. But the storm was testing what people could not see. 
They were t- the storm was testing me at a foundational level. Come on, friend. You're not being tested on what people can see. You're being tested. You're, the storm is testing the foundation, the deep things. You can feel strong. You can be the best of men, but you're still a man at best. Even Superman has kryptonite. The foundational strength, where is it coming from? Because life is, is something else. And it doesn't matter how strong you are in one area. There's still another area that will take you to the very edge of yourself. You can be courageous and bold and brave in this storm. And in this storm, hanging your head. You can be courageous and brave when it comes to financial storms. And stand. When it comes to your family, feel weak. The strongest person in here, you're still vulnerable to the storm. Like a hurricane, though, life, it, it keeps looking for a weakness, keeps looking for something in your home to test and see what kind of foundation you're really tied to. What kind of foundation you really have at bedrock. And when the storm hits, come on, somebody, have you, ever, have you ever stood against the pressure of a storm? Have you ever just dug in and stood with all that you can, but you weren't strong enough for this one? The waves, they were, the waves were too strong. The winds were, were too violent. Have you ever stood against something that was too much to withstand? The storms of life, they'll, they wear me down. They wear me down by heartache after heartache. How much more can I take? The storms of life, they wear you down by trial after trial. Disappointment. After disappointment, storms, they wear us down by fear of what might happen or what could happen. Fear. Storms, they wear us, they wear us down by, by threats or anxiety. They wear us down. Life will do everything it can. The storm will do everything it can to knock you to your knees. To knock you down. Everyone in this room, whether you're 13, 20, 30, maybe you're 70, everybody in this room is vulnerable. But let me just say this today, if you're watching online, all the home improvements aren't helping you. A little bit here and a little bit there is not helping you. I've faced storms before, it's like, I cannot save me from this one. I can't save me from this. The enemy would have you believe that you cannot get over this, that you cannot get through this, that the mistake was too much, this disappointment was too much to bear, this time was the final time. You cannot get through this. You are far, too far away from the rock. Your foundation is so far away. You can't beat this. And I can't. But Jesus changes everything. He changes, he changes everything. His words aren't additions from some help, self-help book. They're, 
His words, when I, when I feel weak at the end of myself, his word at bedrock is strength. When I feel like there's no more hope left, his word at bedrock is hope. His word, when there's no reason to have peace because the storm is raging at bedrock, his word is peace. His word is, is love. His word is transformational. His word is life. Jesus, he changes everything. He's enough. He's more than enough. See, this is the thing. The enemy wants you chasing perfection in your life, but perfection has already chased you. He's, Jesus is not concerned so much about the, the perfection of your life as he is about the direction of your life. Jesus loves you. The sea said, well, you don't understand, Mark. I know you're talking about all this that Jesus is enough, but the storm is so dark. You haven't heard the sound of the storm. You haven't got the phone calls. You don't know how big the storm is. But friend, if the storm is bigger than you, realize God's bigger than it. He's here at the center, the foundation, the bedrock of your life. The devil wants you to think that, that this storm is your final destination. But your current situation is not your final destination. No storm, no devil in hell can stop what Jesus has started in your family. What Jesus has started in your life. Say, so, well. This is, my story's over. Because of the storm, I, I'm wrecked. The devil wants you to believe that it's over, that you can't go forward. But maybe the enemy can read your story, but he can't write it. Because your story has already been written with the blood of Jesus Christ. If Jesus is still in it, then you still have life left to live. It's not over if he's in it. He's at bedrock. See, all of God's potential for our life, living that abundant life is, really comes from not only understanding the word of God, which is part of it, but secondly, and probably most importantly, is embracing his word as foundational. See, let me just say it like this. There, I'm a basketball fan. I like to play basketball. But I will never in my life be able to play basketball like LeBron James. I know, you might think by looking at me that I can do it. But let me just say, that's so kind of you, but I just don't got it like that. I can't even play basketball like Kevin Durant. Heck, I can't play basketball at all like any NBA player. There's a lot of stuff that I cannot do. I know we got some football fans in here. No matter how hard I try, I cannot play quarterback like Tom Brady. Like him, love him, or hate him. I can't play like him anyways. There's a lot of stuff I can't do. I'll just, let's just say it like this. Um, maybe you're an artist, and you draw things beautifully and colorfully. I can never do that. I could try. I could practice. Well, if you try hard enough, you could figure it out. Yeah, okay, I get it. Probably not, though. I'm not going to get it. It's, I can't do that. Let's just break it down like this. I can take voice lessons and do all this kind of stuff, but I stand here this morning, and I hear Pastor April start singing. It's like, why am I here? I can never sing like that. Am I talking to somebody? There's some things I can't do. 
I can try as hard as I can, but I could never preach the gospel like Pastor Jared. I can't do it. There are a lot of things that you can't do. There are a lot of things that I can't do. But I can choose to embrace God's word as foundational in my life. We're all on the same playing field there, friend. We all can make a choice to make his word the foundation of our life. Because watch what, watch what happens in our life when, when he's foundational, when his words are, are foundational. You'll find that, in fact, you are the head and not the tail. It's interesting, but it's true. You'll actually find that you are above and not beneath. No, no matter what the storm you're facing, you got this bedrock, this foundation that you're actually blessed going into the storm. Watch out, friend. Maybe you're in a storm. I'm telling you right now, you can be blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. With him as the bedrock, with, with Jesus as the foundation, his words, you'll find that you really are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That no matter what storm you're facing, no matter how dark it looks, no matter how the winds sound, no matter how bad it looks, that you really are more than a conqueror. By your strength, no friend, by the strength that resides in your foundation. You'll, you'll actually begin to, to figure this stuff out. The greater is he. That's in you. The greater is the foundation that's in you than the storms that are coming at you in the world. There's greatness on the inside if we could tap into the word and the power of God in our life and what it could produce in you. Not just you, though, friend. You're not just building your life for you. You're building a legacy for your children. You're building a legacy for your family. Lives will be affected by how you stand under the pressure and say, my God is good. My God is great. I know it looks bad, but I'm still standing. Greater is he that's in you, junior higher, than the storm on your campus. Greater is he that's in you, dad, who's going through it with the boss at work. Greater is he that's in you. It's an amazing thought to think that no matter where we're at in life, you could be 80 years old in this room or 19, and it's never too late to choose a better foundation. It's never too late to get wise. Say, so I might not understand it all, but God, I choose your word as truth. Your words are good. They are not awful. Your words bring life and not death. Oh, if we can make that choice today.